Chapter 9 Zuko landed in a mud puddle with a splat. Up above, he could hear the cries of the guards. He hoped they were chewing Bao out big time for his stupidity. He sat up, wincing at the bruises that were already forming, and carefully conjured a small flame in the palm of his hand. In the flickering light, he saw that he was on a small jet of earth that radiated from a tree trunk. Aang! He hissed. No one answered. He cautiously circled the tree, seeking for any signs of a path. The mud squelched around his boots. His torchlight failed to show him any suggestions of well-trodden ground. He could see a few stretches of muddy earth, but when he walked along one or another, they quickly degenerated into the swampy waters, probably shallow enough to walk in, but no guarantee for how long. He considered remaining where he was and waiting for the search party that was no doubt being organized at the moment, losing prisoners, or guests, like that was bad form. But the idea of waiting around to be rescued was particularly galling, especially with Aang equally lost out there. Zuko shuddered at the image of how much trouble Aang could find, alone, in a swamp that everyone agreed was a death trap incarnate. If the searchers even bothered to look for them... It would be better if they found them together. Zuko picked a direction at random and set off, calling out every few steps for Aang. He didn't know how long he walked, slogging through mud and knee-deep pools. The air was still as humid as the swamp ever was, except it felt cool and clammy against his skin. There was no sign of a search party, or of anyone else. Zuko wanted to stop and find a safe spot to wait out the night, to dry out and get some rest. But he couldn't until he found Aang. If either of them were considered missing for too long, the rebels would probably decide they escaped. Zuko wouldn't want Aang to end up in the welcoming arms of that search party. Aang! He called again, though still softly. Even with his small light, the mist that rose up over the water made it nigh impossible to see more than a few feet ahead. Aang could be a stone's throw away, and Zuko wouldn't know. Vines hung down from the trees, obscuring his path even more. He pushed and struggled to part them, letting the flame in his hand go out to move aside the vines with both hands. Without the firelight, his eyes adjusted a little to what ambient light there was in the swamp. Some starlight must have filtered down, because the darkness slowly grew less in his eyes, no longer pitch black, but subtle shades of black and gray. After reaching a small clearing, Zuko paused a moment to examine the swamp around him on all sides. There was more light out there than starlight, he realized. In small flashes and glimpses, he could see a faint flow of white light in the distance. The light bobbed up and down, as if from the lamp of some other wanderer. It was the wrong color to be a firebender's flame, but Zuko found himself drawn to it. Perhaps the lamp wielder could help him. And if they turned out to be an enemy and not an ally, well... He was still a firebender. Like Jen well knew, he was never truly unarmed. He drew closer to the flickering light. In the space between two trees, he could make out the faint shape of a person, the lines of their body obscured by a cloak. When he crossed half the distance that remained between them, the figure turned and drew the hood away. By the soft glow that suffused the scene, Zuko could make out a face he had not seen in years. Long black hair pulled up high and away, the better to reveal the kind eyes that turned towards him, just like his last memory of her. It was his mother. 
He started running, leaping over fallen logs, splashing through the water. Of course, if the rebels had found refuge here, then his mother could have as well. Mom, he shouted, forgetting the need for discretion. Mom, it's me. He stumbled to a halt in front of her and made to embrace her. She stepped back and stared down at him, her face distant and confused. Zuko became all too aware of how much he had grown, of how much he had changed. She had left her son young and whole, and here he stood before her a grown man, half his face destroyed. Of course she wouldn't recognize him. He tried again. Mom, it's Zuko, your son. My son? She said. Her voice was just as he remembered it. She studied him closely a moment, and then her eyes lit up. My son, it is you. You found me at last. I knew you would. Her arms stretched out and held him, warm and strong. Zuko returned the embrace with equal emotion. I'm sorry, Mom, he found himself saying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't look for you. I thought you were dead, and I was too ashamed of what I'd done to try and learn if you were alive. I failed you. Forgive me. She hugged him back all the more. I will always forgive you. You are my son. I lost you, and now I have you back. I will never let you go. He sank deeper into her embrace. Her warmth enveloped him and drew him back to better days, years ago when he was just a boy, when he had trusted that his mother could fix all problems, that no matter what missteps he made, everything would turn out well in the end. When he still believed his father's distant and cold ways were due to the mysterious troubles of adults, and if he tried harder, his father would love him back. When Azula's cruelties were just the penalty of having a baby sister, and surely his mother would intercede and everything would be okay. Cold fingers traced the scar on his cheek. You've been hurt, his mother said. I would hurt those who hurt you. Who took you from me? There was something wet on Zuko's cheek. Was he crying? Who took me? he asked. He tried to disentangle himself from her arms. She responded only by holding him tighter. Nobody took me. They took you. You had to leave. I know you did. He swallowed. I wish you had taken me with you. She reached up and stroked his hair, as if he were still a little boy, and clutched him closer to her chest. I'm sorry. I'll take you with me this time. Never leave you. Never again, my son. From a long way away, Zuko could hear someone shouting. He moved to respond, realizing how tempting a target they were. What if something dangerous was headed their way? To die after finally finding his mother? What a horrible fate that would be. But despite the distant commotion, his mother did not let go. She kept murmuring in his ear, My son, my son. Warmth spread through him at those words. He hadn't heard those words, that voice, and so very long. He probably hadn't heard anything, not really. Surely if someone was approaching, his mother would let go, would let him defend her, would defend him. She had always told him that her mother protected her children. He gave himself over to this moment a little longer. After years of thinking her dead or disappeared, he could have a few more minutes without worrying about the rest of the world. Only, the shouts didn't stop. They grew louder and louder. Zuko struggled to turn and face them, only for his mother to tighten her grip. You! she hissed, her voice colder and angrier than he had ever heard it. I don't care what you say. I won't. You can't take my son from me. Never! But that's right. Zuko wanted to say, no one is taking my mother from me again. Except he couldn't get the words out. 
There was something stopping him, almost as if he couldn't breathe, which was ridiculous, because he was with his mother, and she wouldn't let something happen to him, and why couldn't he turn around and face whatever was threatening them, threatening her? He struggled to pull away from her, to extricate himself so he could defend her, but his limbs felt sluggish and tired, as if they were heavy and weighed down. There was more shouting going on, but it was over his head and garbled, his mother's voice against another's, younger and higher-pitched and angry. He should know that voice. But from where? It was so hard to think, to focus on any one thought. All he had wanted was to let go, to just be a son with his mother. There was a crash. Zuko's world rippled, distorted, and changed. The clearing he had stood in vanished. He was deep underwater, too deep to stand in. His lungs burned for air, and he could barely see which way was up. He kicked once, then kicked again, struggling to orient himself. He had almost no air left, and there was this pressure against him, a voice whispering in his ear. No, don't leave me, don't leave me! There was such pain in that voice, such loneliness, but Zuko forced himself to ignore it as he swam to the surface. The voice screamed with rage when he broke through and gasped for air. A woman floated over the waters, dressed the same way his mother had been. But this was not his mother. This was some pale and frightening creature, skin too white to be alive, eyes too dark and glassy to be human. The glow that emanated from her bathed the scene in a pale white light. She stretched her long, gnarled fingers towards him, and he swam backwards, trying to stay afloat and breathe at the same time. How long had he been under? Each breath sharpened his mind further and further, making him wonder what had just happened. "'My son!' the woman thing cried out. "'My son, why are you trying to leave me?' "'Because he isn't your son!' came another voice. Zuko turned his head towards the sound. Aang was crouched on a log, a broken branch in his hand. He extended the branch towards Zuko and used it to pull him to the safety of the log. "'And you were killing him!' The creature screeched and rushed towards them. Zuko struggled to hold on to the log, which rolled in the face of the suddenly turbulent water. One clawed hand snagged him on the wrist and pulled, the icy fingers searing into his flesh. He grabbed at the log with his free hand, but the slippery bark offered little support against the attack. It was dragging him away and back down into the water, back to drown. He kicked out and tried to summon the presence of mind for the breath of fire. Everything else was too wet, but when he turned to face the creature, it once again wore the face of his mother. What power he had summoned fled from him at the sight. She smiled at him. I'm doing this for you. You'll thank me when it's done. The creature began to sink down into the water, her other hand reaching forward to clasp his. He tried to fight, but she was too strong. And would it really be that bad to be with his mother forever? But this was not his mother. His mother, his real mother, would tell him to never give up. A blast of fire struck the water, right where the creature was. It went straight through her, straight through the mother face thing, and it screamed, letting Zuko go once more. He kicked clear as fast as he could, and Aang took advantage of the opening to fire once more, a steady wave of darts of flame that seared the creature. The pool was getting uncomfortably hot from the fire, and steam rose from the surface. Zuko swam away, ignoring the shrieks of the creature. It had reverted to that horrible shape, but he could still hear his mother's voice crying out in pain. "'Let him go!' threatened Aang, or I won't stop. The wind of an impending storm swept through the clearing, the sound of it rushing through the trees, 
combining with the howls of the creature. By then, Zuko had reached the shore and pulled himself onto the high ground. He turned to face the creature, forcing himself to exert enough control over the breath so that he too could fight should it attack once more. The woman thing faced him, the black eyes bright with pain and anger, and then it dropped down into the pool, vanishing without a ripple. The scene dimmed to near darkness once more, the creature's glow gone. He staggered to his feet, the sudden flames having stolen his night vision away. Aang, he called, struggling to return the light to his palm. Aang appeared by his elbow almost instantly. Come on, he shouted, grabbing Zuko's arm. That was a real ghost, and we should go, because I have no idea what to do if it comes back. Where were you? asked Zuko as he stumbled after Aang, who walked through the darkness as if he knew precisely where he was going. Why did you run off? They would have let us back in. The laughing girl, said Aang. I had to follow her, and then I met the swamp, and it said it was sick, and that I had to be careful because there was bad things about. And then I asked about you, and it said that you were in trouble and told me what to do. And now we're going to meet who? He introduced me to the swamp. I think you'll like him. Zuko let all of this wash over him, too tired to try and puzzle out how Aang was going about meeting swamps. He made a small effort to yell at Aang for following the laughing girl, since that sounded like the same logic that led him to almost being killed by a ghost, but he couldn't muster up the energy to follow through on the lecture. This bone-deep tiredness weighed more heavily on him than the escape from the exterminator had. Once he was alert again, then he could yell at Aang for being foolish, for surely Aang had done something foolish, and then at Bao for putting them in danger in the first place.